This is Shack Talk, presented by Eskimo Ice Fishing Gear and hosted by Kyle Agri and Anthony Kleinwachter. Turn up your speakers, grab your gear, and hit the ice with us as we talk ice fishing. Come on in and grab a bucket. We are talking ice fishing. Kyle Agri and Anthony Kleinwachter, we are your hosts, and this is Shack Talk Ice Fishing Podcast. We are absolutely excited to have you join us for another episode here, and uh, we're excited to welcome a new guest to Shack Talk. This is a gentleman we have not had on the podcast before, but I got a feeling that uh, it's going to make for a really interesting episode here. Uh, We want to welcome John Lohman, Mindak Outdoors. Many of you have seen him on YouTube. He, along with his brother Sam, run the channel. John, welcome to Shack Talk. Thanks for having me. It feels super honorable to be on here. Uh, we were talking earlier. Uh, this is the podcast I listen to when I'm driving to go fishing. So it's going to be interesting to hear my own va- voice when I listen to this back. Absolutely. And speaking of fishing, as we record this episode here, you're fishing right now. Uh, you're you're joining us from the Eskimo Hub Shack. I am, yes. Uh, Kyle tried to get me into his studio, and it sounded like a great idea. And then some stuff came up, and I knew he'd understand, so I'm out doing some ice camping right now for the first time ever. Undisclosed location, right? Und- undisclosed location, but I will tell you it's in North Dakota. And how much ice you got out there? Uh, there's about seven inches right now. And what are you targeting? Walleyes and perch. Hopefully a really big walleye hits the hits the ice tonight. That's exciting. Super exciting. John, um, you know, I'm familiar, Anthony's familiar with, with your channel, your brand, the Mindac Outdoors. You're, you guys are on YouTube. You're, you're very prolific in terms of videos, um, open water hunting and ice fishing. I'm sure there's a couple, one or two listeners to Shack Talk who have not seen you. Tell us a little, just give us a lead up to how did this, how did this Mindac Outdoors start? Where did it come from? Where did the idea come from? And how'd you get yourself where you're at today? Yeah, so the story starts back in 2016, and this is kind of right when YouTube fishermen started taking off. Uh, back in the day, I used to watch all the Guggen Squad. I don't know if you guys are familiar with them, yep. but they're kind of the pioneers of pretty much social media fishing. And uh, I just grew up watching Andrew Flair, you know, Alex Parrick, John B., and like one day it just clicked in my head that I was like, you know, I, I think I could do this. So I went and bought some old GoPro that could barely record anything. Looking back at it, it just it looks like terrible footage. Uh, but I picked up a GoPro and started filming my brother and I's adventures, whether it's fishing, uh, hunting or camping, just something outdoors. And I ju- it just started as kind of kind of like uh, like a, a hobby, just to be like, oh, it'd be cool, you know, one day to look back and and, and see what we did this day, and uh, just to share the videos with friends and family. So that's kind of how it started. And then uh, I want to say like 2017, uh, kind of about a year and a half into me starting the whole YouTube thing, uh, a good friend of mine now, uh, Andrew Flair, hit me up, and. As you guys may know him, he's a, a giant YouTuber. I think he has like 2 million subscribers now or something. Um, I, I actually went to one of his meet and greets. I met him in person because I was, you know, a huge fan of all these guys. And the next thing I know, he, he's in my Instagram messages, and I'm in college at the time. And he says, hey, 
do you want to come down and film and edit for me? And like, without even thinking about it, I said, yes. So for the next two years, I pretty much, uh, just moved all the way down to Nebraska and I just dedicated my life to helping him film some YouTube content. And Andrew is the guy that taught me everything that I know, uh, being with him for the two years that I was there was just, I just sucked in so much knowledge from the YouTube realm and the outdoor industry realm. Uh, I was kind of like a sponge. And then about a year into me doing all of this, my brother came down and also he, he honestly just came down to be a character like in Andrew's videos. So I was doing the filming and editing and then Andrew, Austin and Sam were kind of like the characters. So we had like the squad um, filming all this random hunting, fishing, farming, trapping, anything you can name of, think of, you know, we were, we, that's what we were doing. And during that time, obviously I was busy filming for Andrew. Sam uh, was mostly doing a lot of the camera work for our own channel. So while we were also working for Andrew, he was filming stuff for our Mindac channel. And eventually it kind of just got to the point where it was, it was getting, getting big. And Andrew saw that and he said, Hey, listen, you know, I think we should work together and not you work for me. So how about you go in on some partnerships with me and some of my brands that I have. And, uh, we both just do YouTube together. So, uh, like 20, right, uh, right around COVID, I guess maybe like, uh, yeah, maybe right around COVID, uh, or a little before COVID, we, we left and uh, we started doing our own thing, working partners with Andrew and some of his companies. And uh, ever since then, Sam and I have just been traveling, hunting, fishing, and uh, just just having a, a good time doing all of it. So that's kind of like where it started, I guess. And recently joining up and partnering with the Eskimo team, right? Uh, really excited to have you on board there. Yes. Yep. That was, uh, I got in contact with a couple cool people over there, Matt and Tony. Uh, last year and I always kind of just use their things and then uh, I got I got sitting down with them and they talked me into partnering up with them which didn't take much convincing and uh, I'm super excited for for the future here so you guys that's a cool story you guys do stuff year-round right this is not just an ice fishing thing you you kind of alluded to you do hunting you do open water this last year you did a lot of open water stuff from Alaska how did that all play into the the picture yeah, so I, I've been going to Alaska with my family since I was a wee little guy. Uh, my dad's mom lives up there, so my grandma. And uh, we would just go up there every summer growing up just for like two, three weeks at a time. And then about two, three years ago, I was just like, why Why am I only going up for two, three weeks? Like, why am I not spending the whole summer there? So uh, officially... Two years ago, uh, Sam, myself, and my my fiance now, uh, we've been spending the whole summer up there fishing, uh, getting chased around by bears, just filming, and uh, every day up there's an adventure, and that's like my happy place. So I love Alaska. So that's where you spend your summers. You you plan on continuing to go back and and, and spend summers up there? Oh yeah, it just blows it out of the water. I I don't I couldn't spend a summer back in North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota. Yeah, I would just be thinking about Alaska that entire time. So I think this is just going to be a long-term thing. I want to buy something out there and uh, build, either build something or just get some property and just uh, kind of get my own my own thing going over there. 
That's pretty awesome. I know both Kyle and I are sitting here green with envy, um, wanting to be able to do that. As we look into kind of, you know, your story and, you know, how that's evolved, um, part of what we wanted to talk a little bit to you about today, and we thought you'd be a fitting guest for it, was, you know, how do you look at social media, YouTube, and how that's kind of impacted the fishing industry? You know, how does that, you know, I know we talked about COVID as a, a timing landmark, but that really, you know, blew up a lot of people's interest in fishing and hunting and all of that stuff. How is that kind of, uh, how have you seen that change, you know, how you hunt and fish um, with that mm-hmm. influence of, you know, kind of social media and YouTube? That is an awesome question. And this might be a long answer that may be confusing for a lot of people, but uh, I basically saw it all from the beginning, kind of where it started. Like I was talking about earlier uh, back in the day, when Andrew and the Guggen squad, John B, all these guys started uh, doing all this influencing stuff on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, all that stuff. Uh, you know, back in the day, everything was just ran by the normal, like the normal old dudes, you know, like they have their own pro staff guys and, and all of this. And then all these young, like 17, 16 year olds come in and start posting videos and just getting massive amounts of views and following from the public. And, um, you know, having some inside knowledge, I kind of heard how some of these interactions went when, you know, some of my homies or or the Googans tried, you know, getting sponsorships or some dollar amounts to help, you know, cover gas for their fishing trips uh, from these bigger companies. And the big companies basically just looked at them or just like, are you crazy? Like, why, why would we give you any money? Like, you're a nobody. We're going to go sponsor, you know, like all these, like, no name like mlf dudes or whatever you know just like some they just wanted to keep it all traditionally and that's kind of that lit a fire in uh all my friends tales i guess and that that's when they started to build their own brands off of their own following so now you have all these influencers that people are watching their videos and liking everything and just being like almost like a community, like an army to these influencers. Now that they start a brand, all these people start buying all their stuff that that they're coming out with. And, you know, I got to see, uh, you know, any anything from baits to rods to hunting apparel just absolutely skyrocket and, and blow up just because of some people posting randomly on the internet. And, I don't know. It's, it's it's cool to know these guys and to also just see it firsthand and kind of be a part of it over the years. Well, it's timing, right? I mean, John, it's timing because yes. you, you talk about the word influencer and I think there's always been influencers. If you go back way, you know, since the onset of, of radio and television or even word of mouth before that, but they take different forms. And you're talking about, right, the traditional like the Sunday morning television shows that are on there and the celebrity hosts that would fish here, there and, and different places. And now that shift that you're talking about, honestly, it really took place at the same time where as a society, our, our focus was moving away from traditional cable TV. And now we're, we're, we're moving into the era we are now it's streaming services. It's YouTube. It's all these other things. And you guys were there to really fill that void to bring people content. That's what it is. Content. Yeah. I, yeah. I, it's content in the end. And I think what makes everything so special about this is you can click on something and get it instant, like right then and there. You don't have to 
you know, watch like 10 commercials. You don't have to wait for your scheduled program to come on. Like you can watch what you want when you want, however you want, if that makes sense. And if you find something you like, you can binge watch, you know, a hundred episodes in a, in a weekend. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, and going back to uh, COVID, like that's kind of when Sam and I started doing our, doing our own thing. And I mean, that was a great time for us, honestly, because everyone was just inside, not fishing, not hunting. So that gave me and Sam the opportunity to go out and kind of fill that void, like you guys were saying, for all these people that weren't doing it. They could just sit on the couch and watch me and Sam walk around and be dumb, you know, like do some funny things. Hey, speaking of that, this is a question I have. And, and you know, it's a, it's a serious question, but it's a it's a question that I always try to wrap my head around. Right. So as a as you just mentioned, you part of its entertainment, it's content, you're providing information for people to learn. But part of it has to be entertaining. So you're walking around doing crazy stuff. How do you right. personally balance that with also the responsibility as an influencer to guide people in a in a way, you know, whether it's conservation, whether it's ice safety, things like that? How do you balance those? Yeah, good question. Uh, obviously, well, I don't know if this is obvious, but there there is a line that you don't cross, you know, um, in the end, like this is just, you know, us being outdoors and we're just, we're not anything special. We're just the regular weekend warrior kind of guys, you know, like that's the kind of like vibe you want to put off to people. We're just the everyday guy just going out doing hunting, fishing, like you guys could do at home. And, you know, going out there, Sam and I have the most respect for the outdoors and we try to be super funny in our videos and joke around because it just makes the videos, you know, more lighthearted. And if, if I can get somebody to laugh after like a really bad day, that's what makes it for me. Just making somebody laugh or giving some, somebody something to look forward to. Uh, I, I, I just think that that's the coolest thing, but knowing that we have all these kids, adults, whatever, whoever it may be watching our videos, looking up to us, Um, you know, Sam and I both understand that that's a big responsibility like you were talking about. And we try to set an example in our videos, whether it's, you know, after cracking a joke, uh, you know, talking about, you know, picking up your trash after you're done hunting in a field so you can go back and and hunt the field again, you know, and just keep everybody happy or whether you're ice camping right now and I'll throw in clips of, you know, me throwing something away or checking safe ice or whatever it may be. Uh, there, there's a fine line that I, I feel like it's just almost common sense that people got to know, but maybe I'm taking it for granted and I just know because I've been doing it for so long, but, um, yeah, no, I like, I like keeping everything funny, but there is a time where it's serious and I try to get the most, uh, information or knowledge out to people that's going to make the outdoors a better place. John, you know what the best part of your answer was? What's that? You did not pause for one second because that was a serious question. And it's, it's both, you've got to do both. And I appreciate that. You didn't pause for one second. You jumped right in and tackled it. I I appreciate that a lot. And uh, for someone who's young and aspiring and they're watching all your videos and they're looking at you, I think one of the things too that, that over this transition that you talked about and, and kind of this new brand of, of people sharing their experiences and influencing others is that technology has allowed us to do that. Tell, tell, our, mm-hmm. tell our listeners just a little bit, like, like what, what kind of gear do you use? What kind of gear do 
others may they want to look at if they are interested in doing their own videos, whether they want to be a YouTube star or not, but just just mm -hmm. in, in kind of um, breaking into that realm. Yeah, I think everybody has the the same idea that to be a YouTuber, you need like an expensive camera setup, you know, like something like this. I know the viewers can't see this, but I'm showing my my vlogging camera. And yes, it, it is pretty expensive, but do you need it? Absolutely not. Uh, I've been there. I've been at ground zero and started from the bottom. And I bought a I bought a GoPro and used a GoPro. Nowadays, they, they make GoPros that are way better than the GoPros that I started out with that are very affordable, you know, anywhere from two to $300. So I would say anyone getting into this kind of thing, snagging a GoPro or having a cell phone. Cell phones nowadays take awesome photos and videos, and that's an, also an awesome way to, to start your, I guess, influencer lifestyle. Um, but I guess one thing I want to throw in there too is knowing that it's a lot of work. There's a lot of the back end things that people don't really see. So if you are going to like try to get into this, I try to tell people like you can't just put one foot in. You got to go two feet in and just be all in and just keep going no matter what. You know, the views aren't going to be there right away. There's a lot of ups and downs in this journey, but just sticking with it and staying persistent is the biggest key to all of it. You mentioned something there that, you know, it's not easy, right? Like I know Kyle and I, we've definitely tried to, you know, create our own content. And I know working with the Fish Addictions crew, the hardest thing is to do is when you get to a lake is you want to start fishing, right? You got to set up yeah. cameras and get everything kind of ready. And, you know, there's fish on the screen, but you don't got a camera ready. And I know uh, having dealt with that myself, that's a really hard problem to to deal with. And I know when we had Jay, uh, Jay Siemens on once, he said for him, it's hard to focus on both fishing and video, right? Like you either are doing a really good video production for a video and the yep. fishing maybe tapers off or the fishing's really good, but maybe your video suffers a little bit. Do you find that kind of being true for yourself? I do. I do. Anytime I'm out here, the true outdoorsman comes out of me and I'm like, Oh, I, you know, I got to get to fishing or I got to, I got to start shooting birds. So one thing, you know, that's helped me a lot is going with my friends or my brother, because then I can sit back and just like, make sure the whole video production, everything is going smooth. And then everyone else can just like do their thing. Like they don't have to worry about me. They can just pretend I'm not here. And so they're doing everything, but I'm just making sure, you know, everything looks good. Not, not Jay Siemens good, but, you know, good enough to where people want to come back and, and keep watching some of our videos. Jay sort of sets the bar when it comes to the videography. There's, I don't think there's much oh, debate about that, but he does. what are the, what are the key aspects for creating good content? You know, is it camera angles? Is it, um, is it having different types of cameras? What do you see as kind of the keys that make it success? Yeah. I, so I wouldn't say like technically, like tech, like technology speaking, I don't think it really matters what, what you have, you use what you, you, you got. So like I could film a video today on my iPhone and, and make it super interesting that let's like, make it a video that people want to watch. And the biggest reason for that is because I'm going to be me in my video. Um, so, you know, advice to anybody is like, you, you want to build a relationship with your viewers. Like if your viewers watch a video and they don't think you're funny, they don't think you're entertaining. Why would they come back and, and watch another one of your videos? You know, over the years I've been 
finding myself, I guess, like on camera and being more comfortable. And uh, in the end, just being myself and people think it's funny or they think I'm dumb for whatever reason their reason is, they decide to keep coming back and, and watching my videos. So I would just say the biggest thing is just being yourself on camera and, and then also, like I said earlier, just staying really consistent. That's, that's a really big key too. Would you rather be in front of the camera or would you rather be uh, the technical guy behind it making sure everything looks good? Right. I, I do both and I've done both. Uh, that's, that's tough because I love, I love sitting back and like in a hunt, I love sitting back and just filming mallards and snow geese and specs, whatever, just like, like thousands of them dumping in your face. And I just get giddy, you know, me and my camera, just looking in the viewfinder, seeing how nasty all the footage is like that. That's so cool to me, but I'm also in the same shoes of, Oh, I would love to be shooting right now, or I would love to be catching the 30, but I get enjoyment out of both things. So whatever I'm stuck with for the day, I'm happy no matter what. And that's, that's the thing that matters. No, that's great. And obviously, you know, with filming and production, you want it to be, you know, to come out well and be successful and get the views. I know we talked about that before we started recording was, you know, it's crazy what gets views and what doesn't. Um, do you find yourself, I know we've talked about this before, and I know even uh, Kyle and I have had the conversation, there's something that maybe you put a lot of effort into and all of a sudden it just, it flops, it doesn't get a lot of views, but then there's something that's just completely random and all of a sudden it just blows up. You know, what do you see as far as like, is there anything to, to be, you know, help someone that's getting started, try and hit those trends or, you know, get into, you know, getting viral or, you know, getting that viewership that they're looking for? Yeah, so I I'm gonna go go off and say that there's no secret thing to having a video that goes viral. I wish I could tell you that like there's some certain thing in the algorithm that makes it go crazy. I don't know what it is, but it does kind of seem like uh, the videos that you don't expect to do good do super well. But then there are some ones that I have gut feelings on and then they do really well. And I'm like, okay, I was right. So I don't know uh, from a YouTube standpoint on what makes a video viral or not, but uh, I will say if someone's looking to kind of get traction or maybe they've just been plateauing for the longest time, I would tell them to start doing YouTube shorts or TikTok. It's so TikTok's crazy. Like anyone could hop on there and be an influencer. I'm, I'm pretty convinced. Like it's not hard. You just got to post and like it just goes crazy. And it's I kind of see the same thing with YouTube shorts. But uh, I, I've seen people get millions of views on their shorts and gain all these subscribers. And then their long form videos, they just won't do anything. So they're not really carrying over from the shorts to like the long-term videos. So I, I don't really know. I, I haven't really dabbled with the shorts at all myself just because um, I'm, I'm pretty content right now with, with the viewership that we've built over the years. And I don't want to like on accident, you know, post a short and then it just ruins my long form videos. So I, I'm still not 100% sure what the secret is to all of this, but I think starting out, if I were to give someone advice, was to to grind the shorts and grind the TikToks and then work your way into your long-form videos. 
Well, John, if you figure out these social media algorithms and you know that secret, <laughs> you're going to be a very wealthy man. I, I, I do. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it'd be crazy. I wish there was something that I could just figure out, but I, I really honestly have no idea. It's one of those huge mysteries. And as soon as you think you have it figured out, they change it and it's and it, and it goes to a different, you know, a, a, a different formula, algorithm, whatever. I mean, that's just one of the things. That's the world we live in. I'm interested yep. in you. Now tell me, here's, here's a question for you. What's more challenging? Filming out on the ice, especially in, in really bad blizzard, like cold weather, uh, oh, yeah. over the water when you're duck hunting or waterfall hunting or mm. open water in the summer? Where's, where's the biggest challenge come from? I'm going to say ice fishing is the hardest thing to film uh, just because of the weather and like how cold everything is and how much preparation it is. You have, you know, setting up a house to find cameras out. Like it is insane. Like setting up all the lights, like crazy, you know, I'm not saying it's easy to film everything else, but if I had to choose what was the hardest out of everything, I would probably say like ice fishing stuff. Um, you know, there is challenges with like hunting birds. Uh, I'm manually focusing the entire time, you know, birds cupped up or whatever. And that's, that's hard and all, but I feel like there's no, tough lead up to that that's like the only hard part to it whereas you know the ice fishing there's so much things that lead up to the actual filming that you got to prepare so i'm gonna say ice fishing got another question for you when you're you know thinking of going fishing or hunting or you know you know producing a video does the you know the filming the influence of what you're trying to capture does that change how you think about going and going on a trip or doing a destination lake or something like that does that play into what you do or you kind of just going to do what you want to do and then filming is is naturally coming with it right so in the end i want to do i'm gonna film something if i'm filming something it's because i want to be there and i want to film that i'm never going out and doing something that I don't want to do. So, and that's one thing I want everybody to keep in mind too, if they start doing kind of like YouTube stuff, like don't get in it for the wrong reasons, like do it because you love it. So anything that I'm going out and, and filming, it's, it's because I love it. Uh, however, like going into a shoot or a video prior the day before, I'm already thinking in my head, you know, what's, what's this video title going to be? What's the thumbnail going to be? What's going to be the intro? Like I'm already thinking that in my head. And as I'm filming that same day, I'm editing in my head too, and taking mental notes for later when I sit down, just thinking, you know, okay, I'm, I'm going to put a funny meme in here after he says this, or I'm going to, you know, make a cut here and, and insert this clip from yesterday in here. So it's just always a, a mind boggling process going on in my head. I don't know if that's how everybody else is, but that's just how I work. Wow. So, okay. What, what in your mind takes more time? Is it actually being on location, uh, fishing and filming the, the episode or is it, um, behind the scenes when you're actually editing, because that's a talent in and of itself. And I know there's a lot of influencers who don't even do their own editing because it is such a, a separate skill set. Yeah. I mean, 
there's a lot of back work that goes into all of these awesome videos that people watch. I think everybody gets the, there's a misconception that people just watch something on YouTube and it's just like, Oh, they get to go fishing for, you know, their job or hunting for their, their job. Like that must be nice. But in all reality, like there's, there's a lot of hard things that you got to do uh, from taking pictures when you don't want to take a picture for a thumbnail, you know, it's blizzarding outside, getting that perfect angle, or setting the camera up or an extra camera up for another experience or view of that's going to make, you know, the video better. Like there's a lot of things that go into it. So I would say that the actual prep work and editing is, is harder than actually sitting down and like catching a fish or shooting something, honestly, in my opinion. Yeah, and I've heard from other YouTubers or influencers that they say, you know, if you do an eight hour day fishing trip, it's easily 16 to 24 hours of prep work, editing, you know, final production work. It's two to three times the amount of time investment to, to get something that's, you know, in that usable format that you want to, to put out for the viewers. Yes, I would, I would say tack on a couple extra hours for setting stuff up, whether it's camera things or whatever it may be. I, yeah, I would definitely account for that. Okay, John, do you think YouTube's here to stay? I mean, do you think this is a platform that's going to carry throughout your, you know, adult life or you're on the inside? Is, is there something different yeah. coming? I, I don't I don't think so. I think the world's always changing, and I think there's going to be something like YouTube in the future, but do I think it's physically going to be YouTube? No. I think there's going to be something else that comes down the line that we're all going to have to figure out from from scratch again uh I, I i would love to say i think i would love to say that youtube's going to be it for the rest of my life but you just never know and i just think how how crazy the world is something else is going to come up and uh there's going to be something else later down the line okay so i want to i want to know more about you what's your favorite okay. place to go ice fishing what's your favorite ice fishing destination whether it's close to home or far right. away you have a choice to fish anywhere you want where's it going to be Honestly, I've I've done I've done a lot of ice fishing in a lot of different places, and I just don't think there's anything better to me than doing some fishing for some big Dakota walleyes. There's just something about walleyes in the Dakotas that I love. Shallow water, you know, three four inches. Um, that's probably my favorite ice fishing destination. Just the local home Dakota sloughs that nobody would ever think to fish. All right. What if um, if there's a new new listener that's gonna go out and check out one of your videos? What would be your like favorite, most memorable video that you would tell them to go watch first? Ooh, that's tough. I I mean, so personally, I'm more of like a hunter than a fisher. So um, I would say I could give you a fishing one and a hunting one if you want. I, I don't know if that would make it easier. Just use sure. one. Okay. Um, so two, two years ago, my brother and I, we did a hunt together. It was just us. And, uh, he ended up shooting what's, what's called a black duck. And it's not very common over in the central flyway. It's more prominent, uh, kind of in the Mississippi flyway and just farther East. And we happened to actually shoot one that day while we were hunting, which was like absolutely crazy. And then I didn't even mention, you know, we had thousands of birds just dumping into our laps. And I think that's one hunt and video that I'll never forget. And that I'll always just go back and watch 
And it's just because it's not really because of like the, the rare bird that we shot, but I would just say it's because it was with my brother and it was just us two. And it's just a, a, something I'm never going to forget. So that's probably my hunting video. And then my most memorable fishing video. Oh man, I'm, I'm probably gonna, I'm probably gonna have to go back and say, I, I just filmed it. Uh, it was this last summer again, it was just my brother and I, uh, we were king salmon fishing in Alaska on a tiny river. Like, I mean, no wider than this Eskimo 450 that I'm in right now. Uh, super tiny. And we were grinding for kings the last, like, two weeks before that. And we are we don't kingfish at all, like, that much. We were just, like, beginners, you know? We're the noobs. So we're trying to figure it out. And then just one random afternoon, we just went off and we caught like four, I think. And that was just something crazy, fighting like massive king salmon in a tiny creek, um, not knowing what we're doing. So that's probably my favorite open water, like fishing video, I guess. That's cool. That would be, a, I mean, that's a, that's like a bucket list trip for, for most people to be able to think about going and doing either of those things, a black duck that's not mm-hmm. a common thing. If you're right, if you're hunting out in the Dakotas, uh, certainly right. that's not what you're going to expect to see or, or um, encounter when you're out there. Okay. So fishing, we were talking earlier, John, that um, you and I in common have not ever broken the 30 mark on a walleye. And it's something we, we want to do. Right. So, but there's yeah. other fish, right? There's other, there's other things, you know, and people, a couple of years ago, we asked every one of our guests this, you know, which is harder to attain or which are your most, I'm going to ask you, what are you most proud of? Uh, is it a, a different species of fish that you caught, whether it's a, a memory or whether it's just because for that species, it happened to mm-hmm. be an exceptionally large fish. What's the best, what's the catch you're most proud of? Yeah. Uh, it would have to be in 2018 of September. I caught a 17 pound peacock bass in the Amazon. That was probably the coolest fish I've ever caught and like the biggest fish I've ever caught. I'll never forget that. So you went to the Amazon. So you went where the peacock bass are native. Like I know they catch them in Florida, but they're, they've, they're kind of an invasive, not invasive, but a non-native species in Florida. So you went to the Amazon and and caught one. That's awesome. Yes. The, the Amazon trip was something I will never forget. Uh, It was back when I was working for Andrew. I did, I've done a lot of cool things because of Andrew that I will never, ever forget and super grateful that I got to experience because I don't know if I'm ever going to do it again. Uh, But it just so happened that time I was on the Amazon River in the middle of Brazil. I just caught a 17-pound peacock bass, and uh, it was probably the coolest fish I ever caught, and I have a big picture of it in my office. So every time I go in there, I get get to look at it, which is pretty cool. That's pretty memorable. I I can only imagine. I know I've watched some of those videos, you know, throwing those big choppers and just ripping for those oh. big fish, and it would be quite the trip. I can imagine. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was uh, all I remember from it was my arms were very tired at the end of the trip, and I was just super sweaty every single day. So sweaty and sore. That's that's what I remember. But a good time. A really good time. Awesome. Well, I think that kind of wraps up a lot of our questions that we had for you. We don't want to take up, you know, it's prime time right now. We're getting into that sunset. So we don't want to take up any too much more of your prime time fishing. But uh, before we go, where, uh, where can people find you, find your videos, um, hit you up on the social medias if they're looking to, you know, get more content from you, ask you questions, uh, where can they find you? 
Yep. So they can just go on YouTube and type in Mindak Outdoors, M-I-N-N-D-A-K Outdoors, and they can do that on pretty much every social media platform, uh, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook as well. Awesome. That's great. Um, any last thoughts for our listeners before we let you go? Uh, you know, I guess uh, with the ice fishing season coming up, I just want everybody to have a good ice season. But also stay safe out there because it can be it can be pretty pretty treacherous. So just make sure you know you're doing everything right out there. And one more before we go, any uh, any cool trips you got planned for the ice season? Anything in the works or? Um, I think uh, okay, this will be a good spoiler. I think we're gonna be going to Cascade. I've never gone to Cascade, uh, so I think that's gonna be our big trip of the year. Nice, that's exciting. We'll look forward to seeing that. I, I can only imagine. I know that's one of the bucket list trips on probably both Kyle and I's list that hopefully someday we'll be able to to cross off. But uh, mm-hmm. we'll look forward to seeing that. Again, just wanted to thank you, John. Thanks for joining us. I uh, really appreciate you taking some time uh, out of your day to to join us from the fish house. It was really great talking to you. Um, I'm sure we'll talk again and uh, really look forward to uh, the rest of your season and seeing what you guys can uh, can accomplish. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. Awesome. Well, thanks again to our listeners. Uh, thanks to Eskimo for letting us put out this uh, show on a regular basis. Uh, we'll be looking forward to uh, chatting with you all again soon. If you haven't, go back, listen to our previous podcasts. I uh, had a few great conversations already this season and really looking forward to uh, wrapping up a few more great uh, guests as we get through the the meat of the season and into ice fishing. I know Kyle and I are both itching to get out on the ice and uh, get after it so hopefully everybody else is able to do the same soon Um, and we'll uh, talk to you all again soon